Between the uh, chapters uh, of Pesukei Zimra, Shel Mitnei Hakavod, one can greet someone out of respect, and one can re- return a greeting to anybody. In the middle of the chapters, Shel Mitnei you can greet someone out of fear, or and respond to a greeting out of respect. So in the Hoidu prayer that appears either right before or right after Baruch Amar, depending on your Nusach, you have to make an interruption, a pause between the word Elilim and Hashem made the heavens, so it doesn't look like God is one of the idols. You have to focus in the Pasuk. If you didn't have you have to go back and say it another time. And after the Ashrei, you say uh, even though it doesn't appear in Tehillim in that chapter. And double the Pasuk of Kalan Shama at the end of the chapters of Tehillim in Zimra, because that is the end end of the verse of praise. And also at the end of Az Yashir, Hashem Yimlach should also be doubled. So there are a couple of times that it talks about bowing down, and nevertheless we don't bow down as we recite those verses. It's customary to stand when we say Baruch by Baruch David, Rish So each of those prayers we stand. We don't run through those sections of Psukei Zimra, but we say it gently. The Mizmal Soda, you should sing it, because all songs in the future will be nullified, except for that uh, chapter of Telem. Says Ramah, we don't recite Mizmal Soda on Shabbat and Yamtev, I be me Pesach, or during Pesach, she ain't Tova, Krevo Bahem, Mishum Chomitz, because on Pesach we don't bring the Korban Toda, because it had loaves of bread, and not an Ere Pesach, for iron, the common sim Tav Chav Tes. And not an Ariam Kippur, and not an Ariam Kippur. And this is the Ashkenazi practice. Simon and Bays, chapter 52. What do you do if you stalled to come to Shul until you If you come to Shul and find the congregation at the end of Sukkot Zimra, you should say, So just say the Barsha and then say Ashrei, or minus the first two verses. And then that uh, chapter of Pesukah Zimra, and afterwards Hallu El Bekotsho Ad Kolin Shamat Halukah, and then the final uh, Tehillim in Pesukah Zimra. Says Ram Avim Yeshle Shalos Yosef Yemer Hod Lashem Kiru Ad Vuhurachum. If you have a little extra time, then you say Hodu uh, until Vuhurachum Yudalik Ad Vuhurachum Kodem Shikodem Ashrei. Then you can skip to the Vuhurachum that occurs just before Ashrei is part of Yichvod. Keep in time and Rak Pesukim Lukatim because. Because the verses in between are simply a collection. Afterwards, we say Yishtabach, and then say the Brach of Yetzirah and the Brach of the Shema, and the Shema, and Davin with the congregation. There's not enough time. This is the Shulchan continuing. You also skip that uh, chapter. Says Ramah, if you still have not enough time, just say Barsha Amar, Ashrei, and Yishtabach. 
Continues If the congregation already began the brachas of the Shema, and there's not enough time to recite Sukkot Dimra, even with skipping Yikra Kriyashma B'chaseyam and Sibor, then go straight to the brachas of the Shema and the Shema V'spalimayim and daven with the congregation. And afterwards recite Sukkot Dimra, but without saying Baruch Shemar and Yishtabach. You still need to go back and recite all the uh, regular order of the brachas that we mentioned above. Simon Gimel, chapter 53, who should lead from the Amud? Aleph. One should only recite Yishtabach if he recited Baruch Amar and some of Pesuket Zimra. You shouldn't make a bracha over Yitalis between Pesuket Zimra and Yishtabach. Rather, you should complete Yishtabach, and before you make the bracha of Yotzer Er, then you should make the bracha over the Talis. If the chazan didn't have a talus from the outset, he should put his talus on before he begins his in order to recite the Kaddish immediately after Yishtabach without an interruption. The chazan should wait at Yishtabach and be quiet until Minyan arrives, and then he can recite Yishtabach and Kaddish. The chazan needs to be appropriate. What's considered appropriate? He should be sin-free. And he doesn't have a bad reputation. Even in the past. He should be humble. And well-liked. And he davens pleasantly. He has a sweet voice. And regularly reads from Tanakh. Hey, if we can't find someone who possesses all of these attributes, we should choose the best of the congregation in wisdom and good deeds. If we have a, an ignorant elder, he has a pleasant voice, by the people like him, versus a 13-year-old who understands what he's saying, but he doesn't have a nice voice. Nevertheless, the child or the young person, still takes precedence. Misha of Averi one who sinned unintentionally, uh, he may have even killed someone uh, unintentionally, and did Teshuva, but if he sinned on purpose, he may not, because he has gained a bad reputation before he did Teshuva. Uh, ideally, we want someone who has a beard, which is the honor of the congregation. Nevertheless, if someone has reached puberty, they can daven, they can lead services. As long as they're not appointing him to take over uh, in order to make things easier for them, either, either by the congregation or by the chazan, for fixed times. If there's nobody who knows how to lead services other than a boy that's just been by mitzvah, rather have that young man, uh, that post by mitzvah boy, lead services, rather than skip davening with the minion and not saying Kaddish and Kaddish. One who doesn't have a beard. It doesn't, we don't need that he should actually have a beard. We just need to know that he's reached the age when he would have a beard. And that's called having a beard completed. 
Therefore, a 20-year-old, even if he might not have a beard, may lead services. Also, someone who has even a little bit of a beard, that's considered that his beard is complete, in whom he ben as long as he is at least 18 years old. Tess, Saris, a eunuch, some say that he can be appointed to be chazan, im hu ben chaf, as long as he is 20. Yud. Uh, we can find merit for those places where they allow children to lead services uh, on Mariv on Matzashavas. Says in places where that's not the minute, a minor should not lead services, even for Mariv, even if he reached 13 years old on Shabbos, he may not daven Mariv on Shabbos, because he has not yet quite reached 13. A chazan that drags out the davening in order that uh, people should hear his sweet voice. If he's doing it because he's really happy uh, in that he's giving thanks to the Almighty with his pleasant voice, then that deserves blessing. As long as he is davening uh, in a humble way. And he's standing in a way of fear and awe. But if he simply just wants people to hear his voice and he's happy about his voice, that is disgraceful. Anyone who lengthens his prayers, it's not a good idea that is a burden on the congregation. We shouldn't appoint someone to Davin who cannot distinguish between an Aleph and an Ayin. Uh, and an ayin and an aleph. Now, obviously, this is you know, the Shulchan Aruch speaking on behalf of Svadim who are better differentiating. Yud Gimel. Pecheach, someone who has torn clothes, Uzra'os of Magulim, or uncovered arms, lo yerud l'vnei should not lead services. Yud Aleth, sumo yerud l'vnei a blind person can lead, as long as he doesn't lane. Because written Torah cannot be recited by heart. A fixed chazan can ent- can go to the Amud by himself, and he doesn't need to wait until someone asks him to daven. One who is not a fixed chazan needs to refuse a little before he goes to the Amud, but not overdo it. But the first time he's asked, he should refuse. And when he's asked the second time, he should kind of shuffle like he's about to stand up. And when he's asked the third time, he should rise. And if the person asking him to lead is a chash of a manch, he shouldn't refuse at all. If the chazan made a mistake and they need to appoint someone else in his stead, the person who is the replacement shouldn't refuse. One who says, I'm not going to leave services because I'm wearing shirt. I'm wearing sandals. He should not, even if he were to get changed, he shouldn't be the chazan for that tefillah. Because it's heretical to uh, make an issue out of that. And we're concerned that maybe uh, some heresy entered him. Even if he's giving a reason for why he's saying what he's saying, that doesn't help. Some impede a convert to be a chazan, but that's uh, not correct. 
Even an individual in congregation can say, I don't want someone to be the chazan, unless it was already agreed on by the congregation. That's only if he has an appropriate reason that has been confirmed by the leaders of the city. But without a good reason, an individual cannot protest uh, who is the chazan. And if he hates him, he's allowed to protest before he before they decided that that would be the chazan. And one who is an enemy of the Balkara shouldn't get the aliyah for when he is reading the Torah rebukes. If someone wants to recite a prayer for his father, and someone else wants to recite for someone else, uh, so whoever the congregation wants to lead the davening uh, is the one who should lead. Chazan shouldn't be appointed by the authorities, even if the majority of the congregation agree to it. It's better to have a paid chazan than a volunteer chazan. And nobody should lead without the will of the congregation. Anyone who davens because they've pushed their weight around, we don't respond to his brachas. The pay for the chazan we take from the communal coffers. Even though the chazan really represents both the poor and the rich alike, they can't do it as a poll tax because the poor can't afford as much as the rich could afford to pay. That half of his pay should come from the communal coffers and half should come as a poll tax. And this is the minig of the Ashkenazi kehillus. A congregation that needs to hire a rabbi and a chazan, but don't have enough to pay both. If he is an expert rabbi and a godl in Torah and an expert in giving psakalacha, he takes precedence. But if not, the chazan takes precedence. We can only remove a chazan from his position if we found some reason to invalidate him. And we don't remove him simply because of a rumor. Like he, there, was, there was a rumor out that he was found with a Gentile woman, or he, that he had uh, given some information to the authorities about someone. But if we have witnesses who testify, then we remove him. And if the chazan is also the shochet, he shouldn't lead services with his dirty, smelly clothes. And if he doesn't want to change his clothes when he goes up to Davin, then we can remove him. And a sheikh sibur who speaks using profanities, or he uses tunes of idolaters, we protest that he shouldn't do so. And if he doesn't listen, we remove him. And a chazan who was getting old and wants to appoint his own son to help him from time to time, even if his son doesn't have as beautiful a voice as his own, if he is his successor in all other matters, his son takes precedence over anyone else. And the community cannot protest. 
a congregation that had the custom to appoint various people over the needs of the congregation for a certain fixed period. And at the end of their term, they complete their term and leave and others come in their place. Whether it's for the chazan or the tzedakah, gabayim, or for any other appointments that are needed for the congregation, whether they are paid or voluntary positions, even if they didn't have a fixed uh, term, the presumption is as it was discussed, because that was the minhag. Some say that we should have a special uh, sitter that the Chazan davens from because it was definitely written for the reason to be davened from. Simon Dalit chapter 54, laws connected to Yishtabach. We don't begin the Baruch of Yishtabach with the word Baruch, because it's connected to the earlier Baruch of Baruch because both of them were set up as part of Psukhet Zimra, one as an introductory Baruch and one as a completing Baruch. We don't answer Amen after the end of Baruch Amar, but after the end of Yishtabach, because that is a completion of the whole bracha. Gimel, one who speaks between Yishtabach and the bracha of Yitzchak, it's a sin. And that would be such a grave sin that we would send him back from the front lines of the battlefield. And some say that for a communal reason, or to give tzedakah to someone who came collecting, it would be permissible to interrupt. And from here uh, has come the minhag uh, in many places to make the bracha for cholim or to uh, make an announcement that there's going to be a judgment case between the Shtabach and the bracha Zerbishma. Because all of this is called for the needs of Mitzvah. And afterwards, when they go back to the davening, the Chazan should recite a few of the Pesukah Zimra, and then he should recite Kaddish. Because we can never recite Kaddish without some words of davening, of praise before it. And therefore, we begin Mariv without a Kaddish. Also, someone who didn't have a talis at and they brought him between Yishtabach and the Kaddish, he can put them on and make a bracha over them. But between Kaddish and Barucho, you shouldn't make any interruption whatsoever. And also, and how much more so, one should not make a, an interruption after the Chazan has recited Barucho before you begin the bracha of Yotzer Ur. Simon Hay, chapter fifty-five. Dinay Kaddish, the laws of Kaddish, Vayichav Beis Sifim. Aleph, Amrim Kaddish, Vayin Amrim Oisav Vachos Miyud Sacharim Bnei Charim Gedolim Shevir Beis Aris. We recite Kaddish, but you cannot recite Kaddish with less than a million of ten free males who are adults who have reached puberty. Vuhuad Dinay Kedusha Baruchos in Nemarim Vachos Nasara, and also Kedusha Baruchos should not be recited with less than a million. Beis Im Hischalom Kaddish Kedusha Basara Vyasim Kfasan. If they began to recite Kaddish Kedusha with a million and some left, Gemrim Oisav Kaddish, they can complete the Kaddish. Oisav Kedusha She Hischalod the Kedusha that they began. Vushinishtayru Ruban as long as the majority remain. Says Ramam Kolakim Averu Lates. Nevertheless, it's a sin to leave Alem Nemar, and concerning those who leave, it says Vaisa Hashem Yichlo, and those who leave Hashem will perish. Avalim Sharo Yud. But if a minion remain, Mutalates, one may leave. Gimel. 
If you began, if the Chazan began re- re- repeating the Shemayin Esrei, and then some left, you can complete it and even say Kedusha. If some left after they began with the blessing of the Shema, in that case, the Chazan shouldn't repeat the Shemayin Esrei, because the section where we had the Minyan has already completed. If they left after we began the uh, repetition of the Shemana Esrei and the Kedusha, you only then can you complete the whole section of Kedusha, and you can even recite full Kaddish afterwards, the Shaykh Lit because that is connected to the Shemana Esrei. Because it says, May our prayers be accepted. You can't read in Tarah because that's a separate section of the davening. And Mariv and the Kaddish afterwards is not connected to the Shema and its brachas. Again, it's a separate section. And if the minion left before the Shema and Esrei, you wouldn't be able to recite that Kaddish after the Shema and Esrei Mariv. Some allow to recite uh, the, the parts of davening that you need a minion if they only have nine and they use a tenth who is a minor. As long as he is at least six years old and he knows to whom he is davening. But the great authorities uh, don't uh, agree with that. Similarly, a servant and a woman do not count for the minion. Even if he's holding a chumash, we shouldn't include him. However, some are lenient in a, an urgent situation. Hey, if he has not reached puberty, he may be already bar mitzvah, but nevertheless he's still considered a minor. Actually, until most until a number of years have passed, and then it becomes clear that he is a eunuch in Or if we realize that he is a eunuch already before then, uh, then he would already be deemed a an adult. But we're not worried. Uh, we don't really pay attention to the issue of uh, pubic hairs. Rather, anybody that has reached the age of bar mitzvah, we, he has an assumption, a presumption of being an adult. And we just assume that he has reached puberty. If one person of the minion started davening by himself, and he can't answer with them. Or he's asleep. Nevertheless, he's still counted in the minion. If somebody's davening alone, the others should wait until they say Kaddish, until he's completed his davening and he's up to them, so that he too can have the merit of the Kaddish. If you have someone who can speak, but he can't hear, so he's deaf. Or he can hear, but he can't speak, so he is mute. So they're considered regular, every, like all others, and uh, they can count them. But someone who is a deaf mute uh, is considered uh, unable to join the menu. Test. A person is always a minor until they reach puberty. And they've shown signs of puberty after the age of 13 years and a day. And a leap year, it would have to reach all the way to the 13, uh, 13th month. Yud. If one boy was born on the 29th of Adar Rishon of a leap year, and another boy was born on the 1st of Adar Beis, 
and year 13 is not a leap year. The one who was born on the 29th of Adar Rishon has to wait until the 29th of Adar of the 13th year. And lo and behold, the one who was born after him on the 1st of Adar Beis will already be Bar Mitzvah at the beginning of the month, as soon as it reaches the first of Adar of year 13. says, One who was born in a regular Adar and his Bar Mitzvah happened in a leap year, and in Asa Bar Mitzvah, Adar Sheni, only reaches the age of Bar Mitzvah in Adar Beis. If a sinner who transgressed a community decree, or he was an actual sinner, if as long as they have not excommunicated him, he may be counted in the minion. Yud Beis Menuda, someone who is excommunicated, Yud may not be counted in a minion of Al Mutli's Pal Basic Message Shosham, but one is allowed to daven in a shul where he is found. El Imkain Perishul Hachmir Alav Bakach, unless uh, they specified uh, to be strict and that nobody should daven anywhere near him. Yud Gimel. The entire minion needs to be in one place and the chazan with them. Someone who's standing in the doorway uh, from the. Uh, a door frame outwards. I mean to say, that if you would close the door, they would find themselves on the outside of the uh, room. That's considered outside the room. Someone who's standing at the back of the shul and there's a window in between. Even if it is many stories high, even if it's not four amas wide, and they can see his face from them. So he may count for them in a minute. Says The roof and the attic is not part of the room. Someone who's standing there doesn't count for the minion. If some of the minion are inside somewhere, and the chazan is in the doorway, he brings them all together. If you have a small courtyard that is open most of its way uh, adjacent to a large courtyard, that mean to say that the small one was open at the t- place where it's adjacent to the large one, and the wall that had been between them, most of it had fallen, and there are only bits and pieces of partition still standing in the large section, here and there. The large one is separate from the small, but the small is not separate from the large courtyard. Rather, it's viewed as like a corner of the large courtyard. Therefore, if you have nine people, the majority of the minion, in the large courtyard and one person in the small, he can join the minion. Because the small is included in the big. It's as if it is in the large courtyard. Since the majority of the minion is in the large. If nine people win the small courtyard and only one in the large, or half and half, five and five, and starfin, they do not join together for a minion. If the chazan was in the small and the congregation was in the large, he can fulfill their obligation because he is dragged into their situation because, again, it's viewed as a corner of the large. But if the chazan was in the large and the congregation was in the small, then he cannot daven on their behalf because that majority of the minion don't follow that individual in his courtyard. If part of the minion are in shul, and part of them are in the uh, antechamber, the foyer area, they don't join together for the minion. 
Let's say you had the chazan who's in his own little box closet area and nine people are in the shul uh, and obviously the box is, is adjacent to the shul and they can join together for the minion. Even though it may be ten uh, higher than them or four wide and it has walls that separate the ten twachim high doesn't matter because it is nullified uh, in comparison to the shul. Some say that that's only true if those separating dividers don't reach the roof. Ten people should be together in one place to recite Kaddish and Kaddish. So even if there's an eleventh person who's not in that room, uh, he's just outside the room, he can still answer and some say that nonetheless he may not answer if there is a separation between them of some something that's unclean or a gentile there needs to be no separation between him and the minion